it's going to come down to making sure we're recruiting students to study abroad that are representative of our students as a whole, and then also utilizing them to tell their stories. It's going to be working with students to fully unpack their experiences, and then being honest and transparent with our students and telling them straight up, give me your stories. I want to hear your stories and share those for the next student because the students understand that peer-to-peer -peer and they want to help the next person. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of World Strides Podcast, Changing Lives Through Education Abroad, a weekly series of conversations with international education's most interesting thought leaders, as well as discussions on emerging trends, best practices, and innovation happening in our field. I'm your host, Zach McKinnis, and I work on the campus partnerships team here at World Strides Higher Ed. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming the Queen of Florida herself, or perhaps I should be saying Disney Princess, Snow White, onto the podcast. Snow is the Senior Regional Director for World Strides in the Southeast and supports our university partners and their students in the great states of Florida, Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. She also happens to be one of my very favorite humans. As our listeners will know, we have talked a lot on this podcast about the changing composition of education abroad practitioners, the baby boomers who in so many ways created the foundations of the modern era of education abroad are stepping back and entering retirement. The millennials at the same time are stepping into leadership alongside our amazing Gen X compatriots. Today though, I'd like to turn our attention to our students. We know that Generation Z, a group born between the late 1990s and early 2010s, is unique in many ways. They're digital natives, having grown up in a world where information, connectivity, and global awareness are just a tap away. Their values, aspirations, and outlook on life differ significantly from previous generations. Our listeners will know that their formative years were, of course, significantly impacted by COVID-19. I believe that Gen Z poses a fascinating challenge and an opportunity for all of us in education abroad. How should we be thinking about Gen Z? How should we be talking about our programs to a generation that values authenticity, digital connectivity, and social responsibility above all? We're going to discuss this and a whole lot more with the one and only Snow White. This episode is sure to be a lot of fun, so stay tuned and let's get into it. Snow Sarah White, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. And to kick us off, I have to ask, your name is Snow White, and of course, that's a unique and memorable name. Is there a story you'd like to share? There's always a story. Of course, there's a story. Really, though, and thank you, Zach. I love the intro. Beautiful. I'm so excited to be here today and chat with you about this. But yeah, really, you've probably heard me a million times say, my parents are crazy people. It's true. But really, I think uh, naming me Snow White is probably one of the coolest things my mom ever did really came down to three big things. One, of course, our last name was already White. I've told you this before, Zach, my new nickname. Uh, she had a former student, my mom was a teacher, and she had a former student named Nieta Blanca, and she always loved that and thought it was beautiful. Uh, but I think the biggest factor was they thought I was going to be a boy and didn't have a girl's name picked out and thought it would be hilarious. So that really kind of, you know, lands where we are today, but I love it. It's the best and no one ever forgets it. So it's a, it's a great name. Nobody ever forgets Snow White's name. Absolutely. Now that we know all about your name, 
Could you please tell us a bit about who you are as an education abroad practitioner? Share a bit about your background in education abroad and some of your professional passions. I'm really lucky. I got started working in study abroad or education abroad, right? When I finished my first study abroad experience, I did my undergrad and grad at the University of South Florida and came back from Australia, was all guy hell like a lot of our alumni and started working in the study abroad office. Fast forward a couple of years, was about to graduate, but had like one class left to take, a bunch of craziness, you know how it is when you're graduating. Didn't know what I was doing with my life, like with students when they're about to graduate, you know. Pretty much just needed a job and needed to take one more class. And my boss was like, hey, stay here at USF. Keep working in the office. We got you. You're good. Um, so I just kind of stuck around, finished my degree, and then just kind of never left. Um, they kept me on and kept me on. I was able to finish my MBA while working at USF. And so I kind of knew I was going to need another degree. My undergrad was in molecular bio, not really related, not really using that today. And so, yeah, just kind of stuck around and finished my MBA at USF and joined World Strides in 2021. But really, I've always been kind of an iPad kid, loved social media, kind of got into Instagram early. I did marketing for like my sorority and USF, kind of was running their study or the, yeah, the study abroad office social media and all of that, the blog and all of that good stuff. And I love Canva and just kind of digital design. And so stumbled into social media marketing and our student population is all Gen Z. So it just kind of kind of made sense where I ended up today. I love it. Thank you for sharing that with us today, Snow. Today's topic is both constantly evolving and hyper relevant to our work and to that of our listeners. Let's start by setting the stage, if you will. Snow, what are some of the defining characteristics of Gen Z? Let me preface this first kind of big disclaimer is we really don't ever want to talk in large generalizations of groups of people because that's how we other folks and, you know, we are going to be talking today in generalizations of large groups of people. But really what it comes down to is for those of you listening, you know your students best. We want to keep in mind that this is going to be the largest and the most diverse generation in history. There are so many just intersecting identities and backgrounds that affect the students that we're talking about today. And we work at international education. So there's so many cultural differences that are playing into that as well. Zach, you work in New England. I work in the Southeast. So again, you know, we're, we're talking broadly today. Um, but really what we're looking at is an age range of kind of 1996, 97-ish to about the 2012 age range. So really the students you have at your universities today. Anecdotally, I haven't seen this in a lot of the research recently, but anecdotally, I was always kind of told it was 9-11 was that kind of border. Was if you remember 9-11, you're a millennial. If you don't, you're a Gen Zer. Um, so that's kind of that like divide there. They're in the workforce now and they're in undergrad and high school. They're kind of a, it's a large range of ages. Um, so you're probably seeing differences too from the students three years ago to the ones that you're going to have in five years. One, you know, some of the major things to think about though is they have had phones and screens their entire life. They have always had access to everything they could ever want to know. Their formative years really, I mean, <laughs> you're starting off with 9-11 then we move right into the 2008 financial crisis. They've always had wars, you know, that, that are kind of in the background of their lives. Um, the climate crisis, COVID-19, social justice movements, and then 
mental health awareness, school shootings. These are all the things that they have been brought up in. And they didn't have to go to a newspaper to get the information about this. It has been on their phones right in front of them their entire lives. Um, so it's really, we really want to think about the fact that like these students are brought up completely different than really than I was. Like, you know, I still grew up blowing into the Nintendo cartridge, but had an Instagram by the time I was in ninth grade. These students, you know, there's a very big difference there. So that's kind of where we're starting out with these folks. Yeah, I love what you said about about 9-11 as a, as a dividing line. I was talking to someone the other day and I brought up uh, Mr. Rogers as a reference, right? I was talking to someone who identifies to Gen Z and and she had never heard of Mr. Rogers. And that's when I realized that I there are some distance between myself as a, as a proud millennial that I am and today's students. And so I want to dig a bit deeper into this snow. What are some trends that you are seeing in today's students? They are chaotic in the best way. They're authentic. They're more true to themselves than I feel like most other generations have had to be. They understand the concept of personal branding, but not in the way that like you and I have learned personal branding in our marketing or our business classes. They have known from, you know, kind of their early days, mom and dad posting pictures of them online, them posting pictures of themselves online or their cringy Instagram posts, you know, in eighth. Um, so they really, they understand that they have an identity online differently than we do or than we were kind of brought up. You know, for me as a kid to be highlighting my achievements, I, maybe I made the local newspaper or mom and dad put it in the Christmas card. For these students, they really like immediately, it was on mom and dad's Facebook. Everyone knew. Um, so they understand that personal branding differently and they're very authentic. And we're going to talk a lot about authenticity today, but they are, they're willing to be themselves online. Whereas, you know, other generations have maybe put up a facade online. They're just themselves because being online is the same as being in person. Like there hasn't been that delineation. Um, and so, yeah, I like to think of them. They're chaotic. They're just themselves and they're very authentic. And they really understand that like, you know, if they're not telling their story, someone else is going to. Or if they're not telling it in their own voice, their own brand, then it's going to be misconstrued or it's going to be told differently than the way they would want to. And I think that's a great rule of thumb for us as organizations and partners and brands online as well. That's super interesting. Chaotic in the best way. I hope people yes. say that about me too. I want to dig a bit deeper into this topic of storytelling. How can we as education abroad professionals how to ensure that the stories we are lifting up are representative of our students as a whole. You're going to hate me for this answer, but it's going to come down to making sure we're recruiting students to study abroad that are representative of our students as a whole, and then also utilizing them to tell their stories. So we got to get past that first thing. Like we have to get students as well, students studying abroad that are representing the entire student body. And we're making great strides. Like we really are. There is, there are lots of great strides in this realm, but the, the work will continue. There's always work to be done. Um, but I think beyond that, it's going to be working with students to fully unpack their experiences and then being honest and transparent with our students and telling them straight up, give me your stories. I want to hear your stories and share those for the next student group because the students understand that peer to peer and they want to help the next person. And so I think we can be very honest and say, 
hey, tell me what worked, what didn't work. Send me your photos, send me your videos. We want to share this with the next student. And showing that student, let's say we're going you know, to a male mechanical engineering student and say, hey, you studied abroad. You probably noticed you were one of the only male mechanical engineers studying abroad on your program. Let's use your story and get the next male mechanical engineering student abroad. It It's not that easy, but it is kind of that easy. Um, and I think if we look at our data and look at who we're sending abroad, we've got to look at what we have and utilize that to kind of move on. So looking at who you've got going abroad during your application cycles, hitting them early, you know, really looking at, okay, do all of my programs have students from every major, you know, are, are there major gaps? Are there location gaps? What students are we capturing? And then where do we need to keep growing? I love that. Um, but let's flip it around a little bit. In a webinar our team led last semester, we highlighted that Gen Z students are looking for sources of trusted information and that they listen to word of mouth. How can we as advisors tap into that interest in ways that will support our outreach and recruitment. So really, again, authenticity and utilizing our students. So this could look like utilizing students while they're abroad to do takeovers. Um, you know, while they're over there in the midst of their study abroad program, or even when they come back um, at World Strides, we have an influencer program, and I've seen a few other universities doing that as well. So kind of just taking that takeover to the next level and really giving more to the students to um, to do, to share, um, maybe putting a little bit more weight on them than like just a normal takeover. Um, and then just the rest of the things that we're utilizing, Instagram, blogs, vlogs, TikTok, YouTube, there's so many different ways that we can express ourselves. Um, and then really also just like showing behind the curtain. Again, that authenticity kind of is going to play in on like, students are going to trust you if they know who you are. And so if you're the one that's always posting, let's say you're the social media manager, show behind the curtain, do a, a day in the life of your life, do some lives, let students know who you are and they'll learn to trust you. And then what is your voice as well? Um, are we utilizing the same voice that we would put in an email on Instagram and on TikTok? That's not going to work. But we're if we're a little more fun on TikTok, a little more like you know, diving into the trends, maybe on Instagram, we're showcasing some photos. And then in the email, we're really serious. That's kind of how we, we need to break this up and show students, you know, you can trust me in all these different realms. And then also supporting the whole student. Um, I think it's easy to say, hey, you can trust me for study abroad, but I don't know anything about financial aid. Well, that doesn't really fly with students. They, if they're going to trust you, they need to trust you. So, you know, hey, maybe I don't know all the all the things that you need in for financial aid, but let's look this up together. I can be that trusted advisor. I work at the university. I'm the adult in this situation. We're going to work together. And that's how you're going to get that support. We know this generation cares deeply about making the world a better place. When thinking through the lens of outreach that will resonate, how can study abroad play into this? I think there's a few ways, and I think there's some short-term things that we can do and and long-term things that we can do too. In the short term, we really just need to implement ways for students to know that they're making a tangible difference. This could look like implementing service learning into your programs or some kind of like give back opportunity, how having 
fundraisers, you know, letting students maybe help fundraise for their peers or for passport scholarships, getting students involved in the the good of study abroad. Also, maybe just don't make the world a worse place to be as well. So we want to teach our students how to be sustainable travelers and to give back. So this could look like doing Harvard offsetting, like I said, helping fundraise for the group. You know, our students want to make sure or like they're they're very aware of their impact on the environment and so in social justice realms. And like, so we want to just make sure we're not making it worse either. And then hopefully when the students are, you know, five years from now, let's play that into the long-term plan too of like, okay, you went abroad now, help us make the world a better place because your generation is more tuned into that than maybe we were. And I think we as professionals need to do better about just like capturing those long-term student outcomes. Like we're really playing the long game here and that, Zach, you and I know our students are going to go abroad and they're going to learn that people are people and, you know, we we need to love and respect one another because our differences aren't, you know, that big around the world. But we don't do a good job of that long-term impact in articulating that. Like I, I think we need to go and look at the students who studied abroad 10 years ago, five years ago, 15 years ago, and where are they now? What are they doing now? And how did their study abroad experience play into that? Because that's the story we need to be telling. Like, yes, I studied abroad and now I work in the field and I'm sending more students abroad and that's great. But like, how has, you know, what is my life going to look like in 10 years from now? And like, we need to be telling these long-term stories. And I think getting buy-in too from just the rest of your university and we need our employers to know the long-term impacts as well and like why study abroad is important and articulating these yeah these outcomes into making the world a better place it's really just how we're we're selling that experience i love what you said about uplifting the good in study abroad and snow one thing you and i often talk about is just how much students in 2024 value information when it comes directly from their peers what are some ways that our listeners can engage with and leverage their study abroad returnees? So I would say it doesn't even start at the returning phase. I think it starts during the application and the interest phase. We've got to get students involved from the jump. And maybe this is just something we need to do in 2024. And once we've got these student stories, maybe we, we just hit them as returnees. But now I think we need to get them from the jump and get students thinking about their stories, their the information throughout the entire process so that way they can then help students later during the application phase during the interest phase because that's when the students are going to need that hand as well um, but it could really be as easy as getting photos and videos from them getting testimonials getting quotes from your students um, to as long term as getting them running your social media getting that whole story as well. So I was talking to one of our global ambassadors this week while we were tabling, and I just kind of asked her, like, hey, how did you research your study abroad program? How did you engage with alumni when you were looking for more information about your program, when you were kind of in that application phase? And she told me she really leaned into, like, blogs and uh, YouTube, and she wanted to know not just like the pretty nice things, but like 
what went wrong? What was like an average, just kind of like normal day? Not so much what did that really cool excursion day look like, but like, what does it look like just walking to my classes? Or like, oh, you got homesick, you had a mental health crisis, you failed an exam. How did you overcome that while you were abroad? Those are those are the things that they want to know. And so those are stories that we have to get from our students. And I think it really just starts from, yeah, collecting this information from them, getting these these photos, these testimonials. And, you know, we could get into the nuances of is a Google form better or, you know, do we survey them? Do they need to take a, a returnee class? There's a lot of different ways that we can do this, but I think we just need to start doing it. Anyone who works with students in 2024 knows that parents and family members are a key part of the equation these days. What would you suggest that our listeners keep in mind and what tips might you have for navigating conversations with the parents of Gen Z? I think on on face value, you know, just real quick, they're on Facebook. They're not on TikTok the way your Gen Z students are. So utilizing your different platforms, I'm sure you probably still have your Facebook page hitting them on Facebook, hitting them on like the, you know, university of whatever parent groups. Also utilizing dual language options. Again, we've got very diverse students and that means very diverse parents. And so utilizing multiple languages, um, making sure that the information is accessible to parents and also making sure parents understand what you can and cannot tell them like there's nothing worse than being on a phone call with a parent being like i can't tell you this information because of FERPA and all these things so kind of um just outlining what communication can and can't be done at the get-go and then on a larger level sharing with our parents and families what is the value of study abroad um and i think that goes back to if we want to get diverse students abroad we can't just keep relying on hoping that the parents studied abroad and the grandparents studied abroad and that they know what study abroad is and that they own a passport. You know, you're, you, if we want to hit the first gen students and the underrepresented students, we got to make sure everyone knows the value of study abroad and really being honest about the costs and what to expect and why is it worth it. And I, again, I think it's going to go back to getting those stories from the students five and 10 years ago because is it worth it like right after you come back yes you had an incredible time and you got some equal stories and you got to see so many countries but you might not start seeing that professional or academic value for a few more years or semesters so really being honest about about all of those things and i can tell you one of my partners carolina robinson university of alabama is incredible and gives her phone number her cell phone number to every single parent from her it's fabulous I could never do that. I would be terrified to do that. Um, but I think, you know what, it works for her because she's honest about, you have my information, you have my number, I'm going to take care of your students the best I can. You can reach me anytime. I think just being honest with our, our parents and families too, that like we have your students' best interest. And Shout out to Carolina, friend of the pod. You know, one thing I often think about when it comes to parents, especially today, is that you know how can we how can we make them our allies rather than mm -hmm. our adversaries and work collaboratively to help support students? I really like how you put that. Absolutely. So Snow, we know that our our field is human centric in so many ways, and there's a lot of nuance in what we need to do to have effective outreach on campus. No one wants to feel like they're being marketed to, including our students. How can we ensure that we bring a level of authenticity 
to our student engagement and marketing. It's utilizing your students. I'm going to keep saying it, but getting them behind the camera, in front of the camera, running your social media platforms as much as you can. You, they're really, they're not like, your students aren't out to get you. Like they want to share their experiences. They're not going to be posting about all the crazy things that maybe they did or, you know, they're going to follow the rules that you set. They're not out to get you. So just, you know, take a deep breath, let go of the reins a little bit. It's going to be okay. Let them have a little bit more access. Our students need to be able to see themselves. That's really what it is, is we can't be utilizing stock photos. We can't be posting ads that look like ads. We need to be utilizing influencers. We need to be utilizing our students and like the students that are seen on campus, the students that are on campus as as trusted peers. I think it's uh, what university? I want to say it was Clark Atlanta University. One of our universities is actually doing a fabulous job of posting who works at the university that has a passport or who has studied abroad. And, you know, maybe it's not your peers per se or, you know, the young adults also on campus showing our students that, yeah, it's possible and the people around you have done it. You know, to go wrong, just being honest about, yeah, the financial aid paperwork, it's a pain in the butt, but it's going to be worth it. You're not even going to remember this in six weeks once you're abroad. Um, and then utilizing the right platforms as well. So again, like email needs to be the important stuff the you know the big picture the reminders the your application forms in now or you're not going emails um instagram is great for the upcoming events and showcasing what's going on on your office and really cool photos and then tiktok is really great for videos for trends for you know um yeah showcasing them highlighting those videos student stories all of that great stuff and then really leaning into trends like if you lean into the trends, the students know that the material you're posting is recent and authentic and you're engaged online and you're you're trying to engage with their audience. But there's also nothing more cringy than posting a trend three weeks late. So if you're going to do it, try to do it right. And you're going to mess up and it's fine. And but try to do it right. But also, if you, you know, you've got to be consistent with it and like try not to post things too late if you're trying to stick to like a funny trend you know i i confess that i think you know this about me that i, I do love me some tiktok um but at, at home you know my husband does not he likes instagram reels no so he'll, he'll, <laughs> instagram reel uh that really is a tiktok yeah. that i saw like a month before and oh. no like literally <laughs> yeah I, and actually that was in some of the research that i was kind of doing as well to prep for this is like Students don't really engage with Reels, and actually our social media folks here at World Strides have told us, like, we're still going to post Reels because we want to be showing consistency, and, and we it's a platform, and it's out there, and we're going to utilize it. But students are going to TikTok for the content that are Reels. If they're going to Instagram, it's usually for the photos and events and office updates and things like that so like actually though if you're gonna post videos just post them on tiktok <laughs> reels are cool but we all saw them three weeks ago i, I love TikTok, the fact that so. the research bears out the fact that, it, that no, like literally yeah on it yeah <laughs> you know i have also been using tiktok myself you know for 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 like travel planning right so if i if yeah. i'm i'm going somewhere you know tiktok is a really great resource for planning travel students are utilizing Instagram and TikTok for 
like you said, travel planning. If I'm going to Costa Rica, I'm going to search on TikTok what to do in Costa Rica. And I'm probably going to get a better outlook on TikTok than I am in an article because I'm going to see a video. Like I literally just did this in December planning a trip to Costa Rica. And some of the things that I was nervous about were like, um, you know, what do the roads look like in this city? Like, can I walk or am I going to need to Uber everywhere? And what is Uber situation like? Well, look, I can go on TikTok and I can see people walking down the road between my hotel and the waterfall that I wanted to get to and was thinking about walking to. Like, that's way better than a blogger who I've never met before posting a random photo, but I don't know what part of the journey that photo was taken from. Or what I tend to do more is go to Instagram and see what people like see the the photos that people have posted and tagged like a restaurant in and what are people wearing at the restaurant what's the vibe at the restaurant are they going to sing me happy birthday or are they going to just drop off a little ice cream and leave me alone you know so those are the kind of ways that students are utilizing these platforms to do this research um yeah it's it's great I love it it's awesome I love it too. Right. Thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, as someone who does such a bang up job supporting our university partners across several states, you know firsthand that offices and resources come in all shapes and sizes. What are some tools that our colleagues can use to make their lives easier that will work for offices both large and small? I have a feeling this will be another question you're asking me later, but your campus partnerships team utilizing your partners. We are here to help make your lives easier. You can also load up your content ahead of time. I've been doing this a lot recently of just going onto Canva, making your posts, and then Facebook or Meta has like a content planner for Instagram and Facebook posts. Um, I believe Asana does it. You can also utilize Canva and post directly from Canva. So you can queue things up ahead of time. So if you know like, okay, the fair is this day and deadlines are this day. You can start posting some of those things or get them queued up ahead of time and just really save your butt later. There's also a lot of just like content planners and just Googling, you know, social media content calendar, content planner. Um, TikTok has a, a whole website on how to like dive into trends and how to understand hashtags and trends a little bit more. Utilizing ChatGPT and AI is really developing just a little plug zach i would love a podcast episode on ai well coming yeah listeners it's coming this okay yes. you know i know canva's utilizing more ai resources i'm sure facebook or meta is doing so as well ChatGPT can help you write like your instagram captions or you know things like that getting you kind of um thinking of trends and then i think a lot of us forget we work at institutions of higher learning and there are so many on-campus resources when i worked at usf we actually went to one of the marketing classes or one of the marketing professors and said hey we need a hand you teach marketing help and we by the end of it so like we were like the project that they worked on that semester and so the the groups of undergrads i think there was like six or seven different groups in this class and they spent the semester developing us a marketing plan. And by the end of the semester, we had seven different routes that we could go with our marketing. And so leaning into that, leaning into your students, leaning into yeah, the marketing division on your campus. I'm sure they have a lot of resources. There's 
probably logos that they want you to be utilizing anyways or making sure you're utilizing the right colors. Um, so definitely lead into the, the folks on your campus as well. Yeah, and I, I'm a huge fan of ChatGTP. I have probably more fun with it than I, I should be. Um, um, I love your post every morning of this is what ChatGPT thinks I'm doing today. And it's a beautiful <laughs> I love the, AI the, generated photo of you. The AI images are my favorite thing. One of the things I appreciate most about our field is that people openly share resources and ideas. And I know, my friend, you have some great ones. What are some programming successes you are seeing on our team that colleagues could borrow from? So I love to just have fun. I mean, if we're not having fun with our students, it, what we're doing, like it's study abroad. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. Here, here. It's supposed to be fun. And I totally believe that you can find learning outcomes in almost anything. Like we can make almost anything study abroad related or student success related. So my recent favorites have been our Taylor Swift events. Um, if anyone needs any Swifty advice, knowledge, events on campus, let us know. I'm more than happy to help. Um, so we worked together, a couple of us in the team, just went and like talked about what study abroad albums do you think best match cities that students can study abroad in based on their vibes? Like the Reputation album is very dark and grungy and, and it's giving big city at night vibes. And we're like, yeah, that's Tokyo. Absolutely. Um, and then let's study abroad there. Like, let's do a study abroad event. Let's teach students about these locations or highlight our uh, study abroad programs in these locations based on a Taylor Swift event. We've made friendship bracelets because why not? Like, let's get our international students on campus together with our students that are about to study abroad and make friendship bracelets because that's so much fun. And we're still learning and talking and having a great time. One of my favorites that I did when I was at USF was a Valentine's Day event called Catch Flights, Not Feelings. And I just helped students buy flights and gave some advice on how to buy flights. And another great favorite of mine is tailgating. I mean, students don't expect you to be there. They've probably got study abroad on the brain, but it's the middle of the fall semester. They've got other places to be and do. And oh, look, you're at the tailgate too. I show up with some koozies and students will sign up for anything when it's a Saturday and they've been hanging out all day with their friends. You've captured their interest. They got a koozie and then you can follow up with them later and, you know, it's all good. So those have been some really fun events. Um, but I really think when when you look at study abroad, we've got so many. We're, we're looking at student success. We're looking at aid. We're looking at housing. We're looking at mental health and well-being. There's so many fun events that you can do around any of those topics. So just just have fun with it. I love it. And, and you know, as a as a fellow Swifty, I'm absolutely obsessed with the Taylor Swift events. Um, I love it. That you and others on our team have been doing so good. <laughs> and so my very important follow up to that is Snow White. What is your era? Oh, I'm in my study abroad era. I'm in my I am in my meeting Phoebe the Flamingo every morning at Tampa Bay Airport era. Um, I am in my airport Barbie era. Airport so, Barbie era. Those yeah. are my eras. You work very closely with colleagues at a lot of universities, so you see so much. It's one of the great joys of our jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have a success story you'd like to lift up when it comes to reaching Gen Z? I have a couple. And really, my, my first one, my main one, the one I totally was going to share, I had two global ambassadors this fall semester, just meeting with everyone before the semester started. 
have one girl, I think they were both from the University of Alabama. One student was like, oh, I studied abroad. I did all this really cool marine research. And she had been a study abroad um, or like a global ambassador for a few semesters at this point. So I'd already kind of chatted with her before. No big deal. Then maybe a few days later, meeting with another brand new global ambassador who also went to Australia and studied like marine research or turtle research, something like that. And I said, oh, you totally need to connect with this other student. She did almost the same thing, a very similar background, shared with her the student's name. And she goes, no, 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 no. Like I follow her on Instagram. She was one of your influencers. That's how I found my study abroad program. Well, guess what, Zach? It happened again this week. I was talking to another global ambassador who had been tabling, had a student come up to her and was like, hey, you're Lexi, right? And she's like, uh, yeah, who are you? This student has been following her on Instagram and is going to be studying abroad because of all of the things that she had been posting and sharing her stories and all of the great feedback and content that she'd been posting. So it's working, it's happening. Our students are seeing one another. And that's the other thing too, is like, they don't mind just like following a random person because of the cool adventure that they're on. And then now they're best friends or like now they're connecting offline. And so I love Gen Z. They're awesome. They're great. I love Gen Z too. What are some best practices our colleagues can keep in mind when they think about collaboration with provider partners like World Strides? Yeah, I think it really comes down to like, again, we're partners. We we need to work together. I can give you some stuff. You give me some stuff. Let's 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 do this together. Um, so we've got resources. Like we have marketing resources. We have a campus partnerships team. We have a student outreach team, and we have folks all over the world. Like if you need a little bit of content, you need a couple photos from Costa Rica or from Korea. We've got folks over there. Let us know. We can help you with that. On the other hand, your students might be different than than other students so like we want to know what's trending on your campus give us the lowdown on your students because zach i do great in the southeast but if i were to go to new england i have a feeling you know my rambling my loudness my talking with my hands like all of these things like we, we, just have, yeah. <laughs> we have different student populations and so you know give us the lowdown on your students your you know even in the south like we might have a small private next to a large HBCU. Like we need to know what's going on on your campus, what's trending, what your students are into, their backgrounds, and then let's work together and, and kind of go from there. So a give and take really is what it is. For our listeners who might just be getting started on setting some outreach goals, what are some low-hanging fruit or easy wins that anyone can aim for? And why is making time for this work important? Well, it's important because that's where your students are. I mean, when we uh, we've been saying meet your students where they are for as long as I've been working in the field. And that's where our students are. They're online. They're on TikTok. They're on social media. So what can we do? Queue up some posts online. Like, you know, when your deadlines are, you know, when your scholarships are going to be, you know, the, the deadlines are. So go ahead and just queue some stuff up. Now. Like, go ahead and do it. Start just talking to your students. Like, you don't need to start a whole research project right now, but go ahead and just when they walk into the office, ask them, hey, how did you find out about us? what more do you want to see? What content do you want to see? Do you follow us? Like, why don't, why aren't you following us on TikTok? Like, just ask, start promoting your socials early because you're going to have alumni who are going to want to follow you and get tagged and be posted about, but you also want to attract the prospective interested students as well. So you have your different audiences. 
post content for all of your audiences. You've got your alumni, you've got your prospective students. We've also got a lot of Gen Zers in the workforce now too. So like connecting with them and start playing that long game. You know, okay, you're two years out of undergrad. Reflect back on your study abroad experience. Okay, now you're five years out. Now you're 10 years out. Let's start playing the long game. And then engage with others on campus. I mean, if you want to be that trusted advisor, you want to be the the office that students know can help with all of the things, engage with other offices. Just sh- you know, show online that you post with fraternity and sorority life or that um, you and new student connections are besties because your offices are right next door. Like, have fun with it, engage, and, and just be present online just like you are in person. Besides scrolling through TikTok, what are some ways that we as educators can stay abreast of trends and ahead of the curve in terms of what our students are looking for? No, like like scroll on TikTok. <laughs> like actually, no, go Do on TikTok. Yeah. yeah, like scroll on TikTok and you'll have your own algorithm. So maybe just start searching on TikTok, study abroad, search college students, search Gen Z marketing on TikTok. Um literally use TikTok. And that's how you're going to know the trends. Like lean into the trends and yeah, just th- use it. Um, and then, and talk to your students. Yeah, and, and I can't like, I can't emphasize enough talking to your students and think about the fact that, you know, you might have your ambassadors as the people at your front desk, and then you might not get the students into your office or into that advising session until they've already had a few touch points. So you need to be controlling those touch points. Can't emphasize that enough, even as we grow in our careers to still continue to stay engaged with the students that we are seeking. You heard it here first, folks. Snow White says download TikTok, and Zach McKinnis agrees. Snow, this has been such a fun conversation. Let's conclude with a question everyone has been waiting for, and kind of a speed round. How can our listeners leverage social media and other digital platforms to reach students in 2024? What are your top five pro tips? All right, top five. Get your students involved. To do Instagram and TikTok, you could probably get rid of your Twitter at this point. Keep your Facebook just for posterity and, and parents. Posterity. And, yeah. Yeah. And because it's connected to Instagram, so you might as well play the long game, you know, think short and long term. Remember, it doesn't have to be perfect. That's being authentic does not mean it has to be perfect and have fun with it. Like really, if you're not having fun with it, you're going to hate it. And then you're going to hate going home and scrolling on your own TikTok. And I don't want that for you. So have fun with it. I think that was five. I love it. As we begin to wrap up here, my friend, I just have one more question for you. As you think about study abroad in 2024, what makes you hopeful? Oh, I love that question. I am hopeful that we get to travel more, <laughs> but I'm really hopeful that our students are going to travel more and and play the long game and really see those long-term goals in like the ROI of what they're doing and why they're doing this. But really, I just hope students get abroad. That's whether they're meeting all their career goals and professional goals and networking and doing all the service learning and wonderful things. That's amazing. But as long as they're going abroad and having this experience, that's what I want. And so I'm hopeful that we'll get some more students there. I can't imagine a better place to enter than right here. Snow, Sarah White, thank you so much for being here. What a blast. Thank you, Zach. This has been so much fun. And to our listeners, 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Changing Lives Through Education Abroad. I'm your host, Zach McGinnis, and please make sure to join us next week as we continue to explore topics on international education and exchange. Thank you to my spectacular World Strides colleagues, Lindsay Kelcher and Sarah Kachuba, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Please subscribe to Changing Lives Through Education Abroad on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And share with your friends and colleagues. Let's create life-changing moments together. Thank you.